Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you very, very much for joining in. It isn't just me today. I have two uh, gentlemen with me. We're going to be talking about alcohol and uh, quitting alcohol um, for 2023. I have Mr. Leon Christensen and Mr. Michael Stooth with me. Hi, guys. Yeah, going well. Thanks very much. It's uh, this is a very, very interesting conversation, and I'm super blessed to be part of it today. Yeah, thank you for uh, inviting us. This is 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 a certainly um, interesting topic from all angles. So yeah, thank you. Now, uh, Leon, uh, when we met about 15 minutes ago, mind you, I've known Leon for a while. He was quite stressed out just due due to some life events and. He mentioned that uh, what a year to take off drinking because he was a bit stressed out and um, I, I quickly hopefully helped put the fire out because uh, you know easily uh, the easy thing to do is when we're stressed is to go and have a have a drink eh? yeah absolutely absolutely I actually um, in the last month right we're only you know a month into the year there's been really a few things pop up that has made me go geez, I'd love to go and have a beer. And I didn't really get that as much. I did three months sober last year, but I think that's just how life throws things at you. And it's pretty fleeting for me. Like I definitely wouldn't go and do it because it's not something I've used heavily anyway, but it's good to notice what comes up and how you are feeling and how how easily we reach for something, no matter what that is. Mm. Alcohol's just one of them, of course, but... Um, yeah, I've made a promise and a vow to myself to not do it this year. So obviously we'll talk more about that and how I've installed that, I suppose you'd say, because even on the weekend socialising with people drinking and things, I said, you know, it wouldn't hurt if you do have one. And I said, yeah, not at all. Like, happy to have a beer and that. But it's my own little promise, I suppose, for this year. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, yeah, you're right. And, and those uh, triggers happen quite a bit. But also the social side of things and the pressure of uh, you know people wanting you to drink with them, uh, it's a bit of a like for guys it's a bit of a pack sort of mentality, and what happens is is you know once we've done it then it's over and done with in an hour or two and then you you go back to the way you were anyway. So if you can actually like just you know stay balanced through that period and look for something else, then you usually come out the other side a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. I think when we're seeking anything that we use as a void we feel worse once we've used it and um it's probably no different to to using alcohol to fill that wound if you want to call it that or whatever we're using it for emotionally and um it's about being true to yourself when you can still stand in your power and say say no or i don't drink or i'm currently having a spell or whatever and and allowing to not um have other people's judgment affect that um because i spent yesterday morning with a friend who has never drank is 49 and um he explained how that's been throughout his career and having his own business and 
getting told we'll teach you to drink and you know all these things that he's been said and it'll affect your business and your clientele but he's focused on as he said integrity and honesty which has worked for him um, so it's nice to chat because he's part of the group that we just created at the start of the year called booze free blokes and gals uh, so that we can support each other just with no other agenda just to be able to say you want to have a month off or a year off or or you're looking at doing it which i think is great to share stories um, and yeah he put a story on that group and you know it's really nice to see oh, i've known him a long time and probably did but wasn't fully aware he'd never actually drank so it's pretty cool to chat with him and i just feel like it's something that well, i hope becomes more normal you know mm. that we don't yeah yeah mm. I, i'm finding now um like the the desire to to drink less and less and um just how a lot of the emotions were actually like my own stories that uh, that, that led me to, to, to doing it, you know. Um, just past thoughts or past um, expectations which actually like made me feel like I, I had to had to do that sort of thing, you know. Family things, I think with our family, like the only way we really communicate is when we're drinking and, and sometimes, um, uh, you know, those sorts of thoughts even come in when you're in isolation, you know, you want to try and have that collaborative sort of feel and, 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 and drinking can be um, part of the motivation to, to do that. And I'm interested to ask Michael, who's sitting next to me here too, you know, what's motivated you to, uh, to take a bit of time off this? Well, similar to Leon, I have experimented with this before in the past and that would have been 2019. And I went for around five or six months and it was actually after probably a period of reasonably heavy drinking over a Christmas period that I just I think I just felt like look it's time to clean up so it was more just there was something in me just sort of saying um, you need to stop you need to stop are you strong enough are you strong enough because where you're heading which is in a path of probably more purity than it was in the past. Like, um, you know, I need a clearer consciousness. I, I need to have um, a more clear understanding of, of who I am at a deeper level. So I found that when I was drinking and regularly that there would be a fog or a cloudiness. But see, when it's normalised and it's only been part of your adult life, sometimes we just it's so normalized that it just becomes just that's your mainstay it's just you it's who i am it's how i operate it's what we do on the weekend it's mm. how i communicate with friends it's my social lubricant it's kind of it bonds us mm. you know like how, how often you know is that the case like what you're talking about Aaron? like it, it bonds us you know it, it's it's like us getting together especially as men and it's, it's kind of like it just makes it easier to break the ice as well and to have a common interest. So this time around for me, it's about finding that, that clarity and, and rising above the fog. So that's kind of why I did it. But equally in, in terms of importance, I really want to challenge myself in a social situation. Like I still have this, this slight issue with being in a situation where it's a group event and I'm standing without anything in my hand. And so I noticed that, you know, I noticed that towards the end of last year and I want to get better at that and I want to own 
the the fact that I'm just drinking water or I'm not drinking anything and I can just stand and talk and be. Mm. So that's really it for me. They were my main motivating reasons. Yeah. yeah. As I mentioned, like the passes, like honestly, that 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 anticipation when you go to uh, an an environment where there's drinking, like you do feel maybe a bit uncomfortable, and uh, and that that passes like pretty quickly because people like will make a comment within the first fifteen to twenty minutes of being in there, you. You start to feel calm and, and just feel feel, feel normal, mm-hmm. and that was the real Achilles heel for me, you know, too. But I um I, I uh, a few years ago a very similar situation. A guy said he wanted to have the year off, and I said I'll do it with you, and I'd sort of like changed my relationship with it anyway. And over that year, like I just I just I I felt like I was getting a new brain, put it that way. But my brain was like just refreshing itself, and month by month. I experienced all this clarity, which I knew was innately there, but I'd always sort of not exposed because of, of drinking. And, um, you know, that was consistently numbing my, my uh, self-awareness and my potential. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's, it's something, something to be aware of is you know that there's more than just a temporary fix you know there's there's, there's so much more mm. and know? it leads to nothing yeah, like, yeah that's what i've noticed you know last year I, I just noticed like when i have a couple of beers or maybe four or five beers and and then the next day it's just led to this same scenario it seems monotonous where you're just not feeling very great yeah yeah, yeah. that that yeah. was the the thing that i put on the group chat was quite hilarious about getting drunk is like borrowing happiness from tomorrow yeah and as we probably that. get a little bit older the hangovers hurt more the clarity probably does uh wane and you get that fogginess so yeah i, I can totally agree with that and, and maybe even dropping in sometimes i know i did dropped into a bit of guilt yeah. you know and you just drop into that yeah that frequency of guilt and shame and kind of oh not that i particularly did anything you know totally crazy especially you know now i think i'm, I'm 42 i've certainly done some stupid things in my time on, on the grog <laughs> don't get me wrong mm. um but nowadays hopefully i've learned a bit from them but but even still you you know on reflection the next day sometimes i just feel like why did i why couldn't i stop mm. you know that that was one thing why did i feel like instead of having three or four i needed to have 10 to 12 like what like you know and mm. that's what I asked myself, and actually today, it's really interesting that they're doing the podcast today because I've had a whole bunch of cans sitting out the front of my house. Mm. I don't know how many there were, but you know how you have to take them to the cans for change sort of place mm. now to get your money back on them, 10 cents each. They were sitting there until today, and, it, and I put them in my car and I drove them down there and I got $18.50 or something. <laughs> and, and that's from Christmas yeah. when I had my family up and we were chugging on. Yeah. Every day, yeah. you know, every day we're having beers. Mm. But I knew in the back of my mind that that 2023, I'm going to change something. But I was scared. I was still scared, and that's mm. why talking to you, Leon, yeah. has really helped. And another friend, Keith, yeah. who did a full year, um, both of you had inspired me to mm-hmm. kind of go, or just just muster up that little bit of courage to kind of go. Oh, can I do this? I know I can, but do I really want to do this? And the mind gets in the way and says, "Well, you could probably just do a month, and that'd be enough." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that'd be that'd be a nice cleanse. Yeah, Maybe have some juices and things like that. But I, it became a personal challenge. I think. Mm. Yeah, that was that was the difference for me. Yeah. yeah. So so what what could get in the road? Uh, 
of you like breaking this this year? Would it be a tragedy? Would it be something which would really challenge you that you, you just have no other resort other than going over a few beers? It's a good question. Um, to answer it honestly, I would say that nothing's going to get in the way of it now um, because I've made the decision. So when I make the decision on something, I, I always stick with it. But if that decision was probably only made in its entirety, I would say towards the end of January. So it had already been, you know, three weeks, four weeks. Mm. And then I really sunk into it and said, you know what, I'm going to do the whole year. None of this six-month business yep. mm. um, because it's more a personal challenge for myself. So um, I think I've got enough uh, internal um, re- resilience in myself to know that I will be able to withstand um, anything coming my way. But... You know, if there's something in the fridge, then there's that chance that I could have a moment. So mm. that's that was the first thing that I did mm. was I cleaned out my environment. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what? Like, like I remember, like the men's circle a few weeks ago, where you, I thought you were going to do twelve months, and then you said oh, I'm going to do six. <laughs> I could see you then. Oh shit, this bike's not going to. You know, yeah, I just sort of yeah. knew until you actually like made the decision that you're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to do it. So, so you think about the temptation, right? If you give in and you go to the fridge, you have the beer, you've got a, a, maybe a 15, 20 second window of feeling good. And then all of a sudden you go back to feeling, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Mm. This is a real, real trap of human nature to be mm. able to avoid that temptation or, or make a decision which we, we may later regret because it happens to us consistently, whether that's, you know, um, you know, drinking a coffee, you don't want to drink a coffee or eating something you don't want to eat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Really, the key thing with alcohol is being able to be aware of your body and what your body's teaching you. Mm-hmm. So when you're feeling foggy, your liver's like really struggling, mm-hmm. you know, or your, your spleen's really struggling, you know, or your kidney's really struggling or, or your pancreas. So we're getting these messages consistently, but we don't actually understand how to read them. Mm. And this is where we just sort of get confused with mask our emotions Mm. by just falling off the perch and that sort of thing. But we really need to be able to educate, you know, what our body is consistently trying to teach us, Mm. you know, to be able to be aware of that. That is uh, an untapped gift that uh, not many people actually understand or know, you know. And, you know, these signs that are happening consistently in our lives... This is where we're going to try and you know help our, our awareness so we can actually identify what's going on within ourselves and um, you know this is where alcohol i believe has been designed to keep people numb and unconscious and you know not be able to really reach our our true potential as humans you know it's been been forced upon us and it's been forced upon our parents and our grandparents and it goes way back so you know we've got a great opportunity now to break cycles because you've both got young kids and for me, primarily, that's what I did. You know, I didn't want to be that bad example for my kids mm. way back when. Mm. And, you know, my kids are now 18 and 22 and they don't hardly touch it. That's yeah. not part of their lives. But if I had been sitting around drinking and, and they were observing that, and they would have fallen into those behaviours because that's what I observed. You know, when I, I was coming through and, and you know, I only, only, only knew social interaction to be around alcohol. Mm. And a lot of my behaviours were really terrible as a young person because I was acting out and all that. But really, there's a little boy underneath all that that couldn't actually like have these conversations that we're having now. I can really resonate with everything there, especially what Mick said as an answer to everything. Same thing. Um, took me a little bit, probably pretty cemented in really early in January. 
and just to decide deciding that that was it and nothing would railroad that I don't feel now because it's really cemented in um, and you know I'll make comments like I did when I arrived because I think all the challenges I'm going through personally are actually um, are meant to happen but they seem to be tough because they're real anyway but then you're not drinking which is something you've used in the past um, and what you're saying absolutely as a boy that's what I witnessed and it's so normalised in the rural world, which is huge from where we're from. And then um, that's one of my other biggest motivations is my two daughters and making them realise it's not normal to use that. Their mum still does, that's her journey. But I wanna, and, and I'm quite proud that my daughter's already seen that even last year and said, oh, that's so good, Dad, that you drink zeros, you know? And she's really aware. Um, and, and I say to her, you know, like I don't think that alcohol was given that we just use that to actually suppress emotions because it does that exactly like you just said. It's it's a depressant, right? So um, being able to stand in my power and go through what I'm going through and them girls witnessing that is super important. Mm. And, and actually, sorry, to touch on that little piece, the guy that I said at the start that hadn't drank his whole life, I asked the question on the group for people listening, What yeah, what led you to not seek that and it was his parents that he didn't see drink so mm, interesting yeah yep. yeah 49 years old and that's mm. what he witnessed yes. as not normal mm. to drink oh well, mate well, well kids you know we've got to understand that we think that that children they hear what we we say or they listen to what we say and you know we get annoyed with oh she's not listening to me or he's not <laughs> listening to me but the truth is is that they'll do what you do more yeah. so so they're looking, they're watching unconsciously, you know, and, and we've got to remember that most of the time we're their superhero. Mm. So mm. whatever we do, they're going to they're gonna kind of be looking towards mimicking. And, yeah. uh, and I know what you, you're both saying because um, certainly in, um, in my upbringing as well, um, alcohol was right. It was rough. It was everywhere. It's normal. It's just normalised. So, yeah. Do you know why? Like um, there was a few like pivotal moments in my childhood uh, where I, I just didn't want to drink. I saw around me all the time, I saw the behaviours that come with it. But my dad's a great bloke, really, you know, beautiful man. <coughs> but there was a stage when I was like 14 or 15 that he let me down. Yeah. And, um, and that was all around alcohol. And, and a friend of his made a comment to me when I was young and he never backed me up. And I just thought, what hope have I got? I just got to join him. You know, I just got to, I got to be in this environment. And I didn't feel safe to be able to do anything different. Wow. You know, living in a small mm. country town, similar to Billawila. People you know, age too. Yeah, at that point, if, if my dad had have stood up for me or he said, no, this is terrible, I'm not drinking anymore, I would have followed that. You know, I didn't, I didn't need to have the, the negativity of, um, of seeing alcohol around me consistently. And, and I just fell into that trouble. We were going to pubs at 15, yeah. you know, sitting around yeah. a bar at 15. Same, you know. same. I remember, I remember, I played golf a lot when I was a kid too, and I remember like just, like sitting in the car at the end of it. Dad was in the in the um, in the clubhouse, and I was crying, but I had a can between my legs. Amazing, you yeah. know. I didn't want to be in that environment. I needed like a a tribe of people around me that were really strong and supportive, and that's what a young man needs, mm. you know, or a young woman needs. 
One, one thing that I think adds or contributes to that, that alienation as a kid, mm. is that, I mean, I've experienced just being under a pub table and just sleeping under the, you know, under a mm. table and that sort of thing <laughs> while everyone just, you know, yeah. actually Amy, my wife, has as well. That was just normal as part yeah. of her upbringing and everything yeah. else. But what contributes to this issue is that we become separate from the drinkers and from the family in that scenario. So, so it's sort of like um, children are to be seen but not heard. Mm. And this can add a lot of layers to you know, our, our, I guess, traumas and our unmet needs as we start to go into adulthood as well in that mm. like we, worth, don't, yeah. Yeah, we don't realise it, but these things can really, really affect us. But I wanted to ask you, Aaron, um, do you have some form of compassion and understanding as to why your parents were... Um, were operating in that way. Um, like, like, are you are you okay with that? I am now absolutely. Like, okay. I know my dad never drank till he was twenty one, and my mum oh. did earlier. Mm. Um, my dad did basically because back then you couldn't drink in a pub until you're twenty one anyway. Mm. So he never never touched mm. alcohol till he was twenty one. Then he started going to the pub, and he was a tradesman, and that's what they did. Mm. You had to have six o'clock closing, so they'd go and get you know into the beer and that sort of thing. But he was a great footballer, great sportsman, all that too. Um, I just, I, I often wonder what his potential could have been if he hadn't have had alcohol in his life. Now, I know my mum drank to, to mask emotions because she was um, uh, uh, sexually abused and um, a victim of domestic violence as a young person. And, and that was never discussed or spoken about, you know. So she used cigarettes and alcohol to... Uh, to mask that, she would also be the life of the party too. But deep down, you know, she never told me about any of this until uh, she she got close to dying, you know, in 2013 or 14. So I knew at that moment, I said, I said to myself, I don't want to be following a path like this, you know, and, and uh, I need to really see what my human potential actually is uh, without sort of, you know, going to these behaviours which are intergenerational and I don't believe my grandfather on both sides were drinkers. Mm. Um, my uncles went to the war, all that type of stuff. But dad sort of, you know, he was pretty good. I never saw him like blind, but uh, it was just regular and consistent. Mm. And all socialisation was cricket and footy and that was boozing. Mm. And, um, you know, you'd go to a wake and there'd be a lot of booze. And I remember my, one of my dad's best friends, he died at like 52, 53. We went to um, his place because uh, he was in hospital with liver cancer and, and, and that uh, to get his pyjamas and there was cartons of beer under his bed. Mm. And, you know, I'm just thinking as a young boy, I'm thinking, God, I don't want to be involved mm. in this. But see, at the same time, a lot of me needed that social interaction, that social engagement. The only way you could do that was through sport and drinking. There was mm. not much else, you know. And I think sometimes our personalities can hold, like, a predisposition to being addicted, addicted to things as well. And I'm, um, I'm wondering what you guys think about how addictive alcohol is. I believe it's terribly addictive. Yeah, it can, mm. can well be, you know. Um, it certainly does something to our nervous system which we don't understand. You know, it gives us a calming, relaxing effect. Mm. But now I know I get that same effect through meditation or, or you know, mm. using the body functionally to, to help your nervous system calm down. Mm. So this is where, you know, the authorities, the governments, whoever it may be, that um, the police, the way we uh, interact in society, have been very sinister with regards to this because they've actually, like, 
utilise this as a, as a mind control mechanism mm. for people to um, to engage with, and they've they've done a great job of marketing it and getting it out there. Uh, but at the same time, um, people aren't really reaching their full potential. You know, I mentioned before about taking a year off drinking. Like once I hit seven, eight, nine months uh, in that year, my my mind just opened up. You know, like mm. like I'd never had before. Because ever since I was 14, I'd been drinking, you know, mm. like the whole time. Same, same here, like mm. pretty young as well. And it was very normalised. And I seen, as growing up, our dad was pissed heaps. He was a funny drunk though. He was lovable. And so it was, you know, it was great that he was. So you think that it's the way to go, right? Um, as, a, as a substance addictive though, mm. definitely as a substance. But it's so much bigger than that because it's environmentally addictive. Because... Mm. For me, one of my massive resistances, uh, even last year, to stopping was, you know, I'm, one of my highest values is connecting. So I'm environmentally then, can I connect with the same humans? You know, I went for a social setting with two of my very, very long-term friends and even my ex made comment that, oh, it's a bit lame I didn't have a beer with them. Mm. And I said, look, they're still my friends and they were grateful I could drive home. So they were fine, but that's what we think, right? That people can't be friends with us. Yeah, wow, it's so, I know. so big. I know, mate. And yeah. then on the addiction side of it, as you were mentioning, on how accessible, well, just you just got to look at how accessible it was through COVID stuff when nothing else you could get. Of course. Well, well but, that, that, there you mm, go. That's by design, isn't it? So, absolutely. So they're, they're creating a... Well, there's an opportunity to clean the society up, yeah. but they're really like still keeping those gateways open for people domestic violence increases, all this stuff around yeah. that period, like, let's be real here. Like, let's actually question the, the, the motives of um, yeah. <clears throat> what's behind all this sort of stuff. Well, if we looked at it as a bigger picture, like we've just touched on a few points, like, I mean, it would be pretty easy to tarnish it. You know, it would be, if, like, they've done a good job, as you said, marketing it, and we all know it's, you know, it's sold really well, right? I walked into a bottle shop just yesterday with a friend I was hanging out with, and I'm like... Didn't, didn't feel like one all weekend, but now I'm here. Yeah. And obviously I didn't, of course, but yeah, the marketing side of it has been good. But, you know, we know the risks, we know the DV, we know the violence, we know the one punch and all these things. So if action was taken, how yeah. easy would it be to tarnish? Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. Piece of piss. Yes, agree. Yeah. agree. There's no compassion for people that commit an offence when they're drunk or they're... Um, Mm. or they're, um, you know, uh, they've had a history of drinking. Mm. So really, you know, we're punishing people for a lot of the education which has been brought upon them. Yeah. There's been no compassion around right. what's been programmed into them. This is where we've got to ask about, I reckon. There's a good point on that too, right? Like on <coughs> one hand, here we are encouraging and spurring people on to get on the piss and and all that. But then as soon as they're labelled as having a problem, we think, oh, bloody alcoholic. Mm. Hang on. Well, look at the polar opposite yes, of that. Yes, see so what you've done mm. to, to, to contribute to it. Where's the, where's the balance? Yeah, yeah. When when do you become a problem that you, you were the one spurring them on and now you're saying they're an alcoholic? Like, mm. there's a problem deep down yeah. that they've used that, as you said, about your, your mum, many, many people, of course, like mm. in that trauma space. So you, you think about it. It's what's called neuromarketing. So neuromarketing gets deep inside your, you know, your, your brain mm. to basically encourage you to do stuff. So when we were kids, there was buddy cigarettes there's cigarettes there was all that stuff you know through all the stuff we loved doing that was consistent and then an ad come on there was a people in a big beach ball 
running around with coke all over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that. so so all of a sudden, you know, you're a young kid, you're vulnerable and you're exposed to all this stuff. So yeah. I think the best thing a parent can do is like try and get their kids away from yeah. uh, that sort of influence as much as possible. Uh, it's very hard with social media and all that sort of thing too now, but... And with sports. Yeah, mm. sports is you just know, terrible. It's still right. Yeah. And this is something yeah. that you were advocating against. Like for, yeah. for years, you were, you were working against mm. in, in Hobart's, you know, in, mm. in particular, and, and yeah. that's so interesting to me. One thing that I had a look at, um, you know, while we're talking about advertising, is this year, for the first two weeks, I was inquiring inside myself, what is it that I want from this drink? Because, you know, it's a good question to ask, especially when you feel like it. You're like, what is it? What is it that I'm missing right now? Mm. There's a couple of things that I found. And that was that I used to use alcohol as like a solidification of um, a transition in my day from working to resting. Yep. Yeah, so, right. so it became like a desire to alter my conscious state just so that I can signal to my body that it's time to relax and rest. And then as I was going through that process, on social media, for some reason, VB came up as like, <laughs> a, um, as like something that scrolled like an ad. And it was the first VB ad that ever came out and talk about programming, but um, a hard-earned thirst mm. needs, a, needs a big cold beer. Yes. And, and so that was it for me, refreshment. Mm. Yeah. That's all it was. Mm. It was just refreshment and relaxation. And you watch these guys, they've been digging a hole, yep. you know, yeah. they've been putting something up in a tree, they've been, you know, and then yeah. bang, it's yeah. like, now, yeah. now let's culminate the end of the day right. with this. So yeah. that was a massive part for me. Mm. And I would say yes, at, a, at a, a large period of my life, I was addicted to alcohol, yeah. um, even if it was just one or two beers at the end of every day. Because Mick, who's here with us, Mick was an ambulance officer, and that's a pretty mm. stressful job, eh? Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, did that for 12 years. And, um, and if you think that ice is a dangerous drug, I would agree with you there. Um, but I would say that um, equally, if not more, um, alcohol is, is, is so incredibly damaging mm. yeah. to um, the, the, the family environment, um, to any, any sort of health household. And then of course, when you've got children involved, um, what does that manifest into, you know, and that's all dependent on what that person is predisposed to, how their mental health condition is already, which let's face it, society has molded us into this place of, of really just, just being trapped into our busyness yeah. and hence being distracted. Well, I don't want to face my emotions right now because my relationship sucks. I don't know my kids, mm -hmm. I hate my job. I hate my boss and I can't wait for the weekend. And so when I get to the weekend, the last thing I want to do is just sinking into my emotions and starting to go through <laughs> um, intricate healings of what I'm missing. Well, it's a lot easier and a lot more socially accepted to just go and crack a hard-earned... <laughs> Absolutely it is. But see, all we're doing, you won't use the word refreshment. It's just freshman. It is freshening up. Yeah. So when I got here... Mick gave Leon and I a soda water with lime in it. I feel like good mm, now. So good. If I'd had a beer, I would have felt good temporarily, but now I'd be feeling like shit. Yeah. So, you know, 
how stupid's that? Yeah. To be honest. Yep. So we've been we've been taught to drink stuff which gives us a temporary form of pleasure, but it has consequences. So can I ask you, Aaron, whether you have an opinion or awareness around the history of alcohol and what it was actually intended for? I've got no doubt <clears throat> it was invented to block human consciousness and mm, awareness. Mm, you mm. you think way back when uh, there was you, you, you think about, you know, people that were quite enlightened in, in modern life. You know, Jesus, wizards, warlocks, all those sorts of people. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't drink alcohol. No. But they were really dialed in yeah. to, to their human potential. Alcohol has all of a sudden, you know, came in and it's been, been pushed into the mainstream. Mm. And it's been really really designed to make people feel uncomfortable if they don't do it correct and i think it's potentially uh there was probably a point in history where it had a use for pain relief temporarily Mm -hmm. which is absolutely what you just said about um suppressed consciousness well it's what you want to do as as an ambulance officer temporarily to get you through a procedure maybe Mm -hmm. and from what i've read you know in other history stuff that that could have been a a good positive potential of it, but mm. it's been tarnished like many yes. things, right? So yeah. You yeah. think about it though, like yeah. I looked into this more as I sort of went along the journey, but ethanol is in a lot of stuff. Yeah. You, you roll deodorant under your arm. Yeah. You know, True. it's, it's exactly. full of it. And, and honestly, you, you know, oh, Ricky Ponning used to publicise Rexona. You know, Rexona is full of ethanol. Yeah, of So you're actually spraying alcohol into your body. And it's in all these other products as well. Um, so, you know, our bodies aren't getting a break from, from this shit, you know, consistently. Toxicity. Well, yeah. I want to have a look at the flip side, if that's all right. Yeah. Because I'm interested in this, in that a lot of health experts say that a glass of red wine each day, and when we say glass, it's, it's a standard glass, is actually, it can be very healthy for us. I'm wondering if... You know, if they're saying that's true, that's that's great in terms of our physicality. But do you believe that we can have um, still somewhat of a, oh, I guess, a, a an intuitive spiritual journey and and an evolution towards that path while still consuming alcohol? Good question. I, I would say, yeah, it's a great question. I would say probably you're not going to reach your full, um, you know full capacity of your mind as much as, as, as you'd like. And then we dive into the, you know, the, into the psychedelic uh, philosophy and all that. You know, people use things to be able to find something, get something from it. I, I really believe that we can, we can tap into, you know, incredible states of consciousness just by using things like breath and nature connection and all these sorts of things. Because we haven't really been taught to tap into our into our physiology and our, and our true human potential, you know, um, that has been that has been disengaged for generation after generation. You know, mm. you look at humans that are completely thriving in this lifetime, and they're doing um, some amazing things purely by being connected to themselves and connected to the elements more and more, more and more. We've been really denatured in modern society. Uh, and this is why we're looking to alcohol and all that sort of stuff to um, to subsidise that. But yeah, I, 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 it's an interesting one. I do believe in some ways a glass of wine can be good occasionally, but when it becomes a habit, then you're probably going to have you know some payback from that. 
Mm. But you know, once once every couple of weeks, once a month, whatever, mm. great. You you will feel you notice for next time you, you take the, the year off now. You notice when you have <coughs> have the drink. So I I did like eight days after I went twelve months. I thought oh, I just got really sort of a bit low, so I went and had a beer. And I actually like really watched what it did to me. Mm. And um, it was just it was really my body giving me messages. You know, that's all it was. It was the emotional side was irrelevant. My liver and kidneys were experiencing something which they hadn't ex- experienced for a while. And they were messages which were basically saying, oh, I don't really think this is good. I don't really like this. Mm, because mm. it had been so clean and so pure yeah. for a while. If you give your li- liver, kidney, spleen a break, it's amazing that, mm. the, 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 you know, the, the, the feedback and the, the pay payoff that actually mm. comes with that, you know, because we really don't understand it. You know? No. Well, I wonder on that question too, the first thing that popped into my mind, Mick, was um, not only the marketing behind that, of course, but... You know, as Aaron said, maybe it, but there is there's something to having having an experience from that once in a while. But my immediate thought was, what if? And we we know a little bit about it. What if uh, instead of a glass a day, it was ten minutes of breath a day? If mm. it was ten minutes of stretch yoga, ten minutes of something that gave that same yeah. feeling. Because yeah. as you said, Aaron, you've utilised breath and things to give you the same effect. Mm. So what? Would we need it then? Is it still the marketing and the connection and all the other pieces, or is it still genuinely got a health benefit? Um, I'm not sure on that. But. Yeah, it would be interesting to see your um, your opinion on this in 12 months' time. Yeah, I'll be yeah. looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. After the three months, I definitely had a lot of that clarity, yeah. and I can see how you cemented that further. Yeah. Um, and then I had some beers over for the listeners over Christmas, New Year's. We had some right here. Actually, yeah. it was good, and it was enjoyable. And then witnessing myself too through that period and through New Year's and waking up New Year's Day going, I don't feel great. Mm. And um, that was helping me cement it in for this year. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to notice yourself more when you're out of it and when you're in it and who you're around. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite good. Yeah, it's a good yeah, process. I spent New Year's Eve with like a couple of local policemen and couple of the, you know... You get locked up again. No, <laughs> no, no, that's been a while. But, um, <laughs> no alcohol. Yeah, no, but like, we, we had a few beers, like, you know, Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve, and I was in bed by 9 o'clock. Mm. But oh, I sort of knew then, oh, that's sort of it for me. You know, I don't really, you know, I don't really want to continue to, 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 to do that. It was, it was nice, but at the same time, did I wake up feeling great? Not really, but... Did I, I show up the next morning? I did because every morning I, I exercise and I have these routines which are very nourishing for me. But I know the days that I don't have alcohol in my system, uh, the days I wake up, I feel so much clearer and better. Mm. So, you know, from that temporary you know, gain, there's, there's less long-term pain. Yeah. You know, if you can actually get up and feel really refreshed every day and you're engaged with what's going on within yourself and everything around you, that's so much more powerful than waking up with that. Uh, with a hangover, and then you're looking for a band-aid fix for a, on top of another band-aid fix to get you through. You know, if you're really, yeah, this is what happens. You, know, you talk about intuition and tuning in. Your intu- intuition just gets more heightened and heightened as you go along. Uh, and that's what I sort of, I let slip. I was saying to Mick, like, you know, when my birthday was here uh, last year, like I didn't really drink much for a few years up until then. I drank 12 cans that night. And um, I didn't, I wasn't blind, but I, I didn't feel great the next day. And then sort of like a, a dozen cans, I might have, end up having like four or five a week. 
but that was consistent. Whereas before then, I'd probably only have four or five every three months, mm. uh, maybe one can a week uh, occasionally. But uh, but from that period, I sort of felt like I'd slipped back into a pattern again, you know. So mm. um, yeah, and that was just really to integrate my birthday, you know, because it was a milestone birthday. Mm. But I didn't really need to do that. Now I'd rather have uh, you know maybe a few kombuchas or whatever, mm. and actually mm. like still feel yeah. sociable, perhaps. Mm. Yeah. 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 There's a couple of people that live that that are retired now that live around um, my property here, so they're they're just sort of neighbours. But I would say on average five or six beers a night they would have. Now, I mean, obviously that is you would have to say there's an addiction there, but um, mm. but what do you what do you suggest to people who um, are probably in that paradigm where they're, they're they're sort of it's such a an entrenched part of their living. And, you know, for, for you or I, like, we, we'll only have, you know, a few a couple of beers and we'll be, you know, that, that would have been it. Mm. Whereas these, you know, some other people would be drinking six pack plus a day. Mm. Like, you know, listening to this conversation, it might seem a bit far-fetched to kind of just go, oh, look at these blokes having a yarn about having a year off. Like, good on them. Mm. Like, but is there something that we could maybe offer to people in that um, space as to, like... What to start with? Like, do you just go full cold turkey and just go, right, I'm not drinking? I mean, is that just a decision that you can make? Um, Or is there a process that maybe they need to sort of consider or go through or talk to their GP or, you know? I reckon, like, you know, just cutting it back from six to five and then to four and then over a few months maybe one or two if you really want to certain if, days without two yeah like yeah just yeah uh, let's just have some on the weekend yeah or alcohol maybe days, but yeah. yeah alcohol free days but really like idea. that that has just been a culmination of uh, of years and years of suppressment primarily mm. uh you know yeah yep. uh i really i really encourage people to 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 wonder what their real potential actually is give themselves a chance to be able to achieve that you know so if they're using these things and they're using sugar too much and they're using all these products which are you know probably not health promoting maybe reduce them and just see what actually happens because i reckon the body's smarter than what we are and refer back to the your questions a bit earlier of um why what am i seeking from it that's it that's a really good question yeah every individual wherever you're at and then to get to, do I need this many per day? Do I need to just back it off for some days? Because the, the consequences of continuing on this path, and I think that's something that I ask myself, what happens if I continue on this path? Well, um, let's think about it. So six pack a day, that's probably costing me 18 bucks a day. Ooh, that adds yeah. up over, so financially, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, clearly health, especially if, you know, these people around here are moving towards retirement. Um, so, you know, high blood pressure, um, diabetes, all these things start to come into. So health, you know, wellness. You know, for us, it's clarity of mind, and that's a really, you know, that's that's a nice thing to aspire to. But I think you're right. It comes down to the why. And if you've got enough of a why, mm. then you'll work out the how. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's well, what I think. Like mm. the, for me, like, I've had some health struggles from um, injuries, past injuries, and I still have some bowel dramas. So it was another strong motivator because here I am putting um, alcohol in my body when my bowel's not perfect it's been sections been removed from a crash 60 centimeters of it and yet i'm putting an inflammatory which it is in my body and i and i think back to that that accident i had three months or less out of hospital i was super encouraged to have 
you know, have a beer, just toughen up, that'll fix everything. But yet the doctor, you know, here I am not listening, said, oh, you would be best to not drink ever again. Mm-hmm. Back in 2013, that was. And, yeah. and I was seriously back then going, oh, geez, that's pretty strong. Like he was pretty firm about that. And yet, you know, as we do, mm-hmm. months later, I'm like, oh, well, it's just a beer, like it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And realistically, I probably should have stopped nine years ago completely with a pretty valid excuse. But, you know, you learn. And now I'm giving that a red hot crack because I want to do the best by healing what has has happened then, you know. But I don't think I can do that with alcohol. Sugar's my next big thing that is uh, another addiction for me, definitely. I'm not sure if I'm going to cut that out for the year, but I'm definitely looking at how I can nourish my body better in food. That's mm. and I don't, sorry, I don't think I can do that while drinking. I don't think I can nourish my food right with nourish my body with the right foods when you're having a beer here and there. Mm. For me, so that was a huge motivator. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing uh, how your mood um, changes when you know your body isn't getting something that it likes. Yeah, and uh, you know we ignore that or we, we sort of push through it or whatever but but yeah you, you you give your body something which is really really wholesome and all of a sudden you you feel emotionally well this is a big big thing with mental health it doesn't even ever really get discussed with someone mm. struggling with something they're, they're, they're prescribed something rather than actually like looking at what's contributing possibly to the um, emotional imbalance yeah that's and so a big. lot of the time it's diet it's yep. it's it's movement it's a lack of um, self-awareness, all these things, which I reckon we can actually be smarter and be more holistic with the way we approach um, people's, um, I suppose, long With you on that, yeah. 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 Dance, movement, the things that we stop doing, circle, tribe, as you said earlier, get get supported by, by you know, men or even women in a space that it's not just a substance, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, so we've, we've got a lot of unpacking to do because we've had... You're both 40, you know, you've had maybe 20 years Easy or more. Easy mate. I've got about uh, 10 no, months, no, 11 no, months. Yeah, still yeah, that close, on, close. Mate, nearly. Maybe <laughs> yeah. not the 30s, yep. But, but, you know, there's been 20 years or more of, of this behaviour. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's been consistent behaviour mm-hmm. for 20 years. I started smoking when I was 14. I started, I gave it away when I was 29. That was 15 years of it. Mm-hmm. Similar. Me. yeah 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 and it's a similar thing you know you know you can do it mm. so you know just yeah you just you just chip away at it a day at a time and just look at what's what's happening and you know it's a really pivotal moment that you come into this conversation like quite stressed out mm. because a lot of as i said a lot of what you're going through isn't your fault mm. you're just taking on energy of other people which yeah. are probably a little bit insecure possibly uh and that's coming on to you mm. the best thing you can do is stay neutral and grounded within yourself and um you know yeah uh alcohol is not gonna um you know uh be a positive influence to that 100 percent. that's kind of the biggest um lesson or blessing i keep telling myself that because this is a process i can't avoid a lot of it you know through that's happening without going into that but by being able to go through this sober is really important to me mm. because it's also showing me to exactly stay stay neutral, stay grounded, mm. be be the rock. I tell my um, littlest daughter that you know doesn't know how to express things like, what does a rock do? And she goes, nothing. It doesn't move. It just stays there. And I'm like, that's what I want to be for you. I want to be your rock. And then I have to deal with my shit to be that rock for her. So mm. that's what it's teaching me. Yeah. You know, to mm. be calm no matter what. And it's not always possible, but 
But, but you know what, you'll observe not only within yourself, but over the year you will see people uh, around you and in your life which are quite, you know, on a seesaw consistently. Mm. If you yeah. walk into a pub, you know, you, you'll see these emotions of people and, you know, false behaviours consistently. Um, you, you know that someone, it's like I always use the grand old Duke of York philosophy, you know, up, down, up, down. And when people are in that environment, they're up, but they come down. You know, and you're not getting the true human being when you're in that sort of environment. Yeah. So what will happen this year is you'll become more emotionally aware and you'll actually be able to be aware of excitement so you don't get stuck in excitement often because mm. excitement's great, but it's, oh, yeah. it's only a temporary thing. You don't want to yeah. be stuck in excitement yeah, yeah, yeah. consistently because it's not healthy. Yeah, it's a great yeah. downside. Yeah. Up, yeah. Up, 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 yeah, that's right. So, you know, so... We're constantly chasing excitement all the time. Mm, you know, we've got to be aware of, of what that actually is. Uh, you know, point. and see it as a temporary thing rather than being attached to it too much. You know, I wanted to ask you a question, Aaron, because this is what I'm scared of now. I'm scared that I'm going to drop into a place of judging other people who drink yeah, and yeah. who are obnoxious and yeah. are. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be that guy that's all of a sudden turning his nose up to people. Oh, look at this bloke, you know, yeah, he can't help happen. himself. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I think that recently I've really, I've really done a lot of work in that space, mm-hmm. you know, to find compassion in everybody. Yes. But I also know how my mind works and I know that it's going to play tricks on me mm-hmm. and one of the tricks that it does play to everybody is, is it just finds um, justification. Ah, one drink, you know, yes. I mean, we're big deal. Everyone's drinking, mm. you know, like that mm. kind of thing. Mm. But then the other thing is, I'm like this, I'm all enlightened, we're not drinking and da da da, and then look at these people here. <laughs> yeah. And so, I don't know, have you had trouble with that? Ah, uh, yeah, certainly that took a fair bit of work, eh? And um, it, it still pops up occasionally. I know that I'm, um, I'm more self-aware, you know, well and truly. If you, uh, if you can compensate comparison with compassion as much as you possibly yeah. can, be, be able to be aware of when you're comparing uh, because it's, it's also a, a, a human emotion which is necessary because it's actually there to protect you too. Yeah. But at the same time, we can get stuck in this comparison mindset and uh, it's not healthy to be there, you know. So that, al- that alone is not our fault. We've been taught to compare through school, mm. through sport, through mm. all these things that's mm. actually really ingrained mm. in us. Mm. But the more emotionally mature you can become through a process like this, you'll actually see it when it rises up more and more. And... Um, yeah, you know, you actually, like, if you, you're aware of, there's a great book called Power Versus Sword, sort of, if you're aware of the 16 levels of consciousness or awareness, you try and stay in the higher echelon, it actually helps you understand when you're going between the two. You know, mm. fear, greed, compassion, uh, comparison, mm. shame, guilt, all that. You know when you're actually there, so you can actually, like, pull yourself out quicker. Yeah. And, and that sort of stuff is, uh, is really uh, important because you can see where your emotions are taking you. I can touch yeah. on that around um, mm. smoking because similar, mm. similar thing. When I stopped, there was the choice to go, oh, you dirty smoker, rah, rah. Mm. and I actually used the Alan Carr method like 10 plus years ago now, like 12, 13 years ago of stopping and you never needed it in the first place anyway, which is a good point mm. to make on alcohol. Did we ever need it at all? Mm. Um, but yeah, stopping smoking and I spent the weekend with a friend who smokes and they were very, very conscious 
and kept saying stuff about it. And I said, I don't have a problem with you smoking. You smoke right, right you can smoke right, right next to me. It won't bother me. Mm. Um, I don't want one. And that was a very interesting thing to witness because it was their own self-judgment or fears of what I would think or any of those things. And I kept saying, well, that's where you're at. It's fine. Mm. You know, you can stop, but that's mm. your choice because it's once again, the, even the alcohol piece, it's a choice. And... Um, mm. So it was quite, it's quite interesting to see where someone's at with, with that and if we can absolutely go into that higher place of compassion and just going, I've been there, right? Mm. I resisted stopping drinking for friggin' nine years, obviously, because I should have stopped nine years ago. I should have probably even longer, but that's where I was at and that's mm. where we're at here today. So we, we know even the work that we all do, that everybody's wherever they're at and when we find that place of compassion, that that's okay. The perception base that they're okay at that level because it's it's exactly where they're supposed to be mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah that's right but I, I think too um, uh, you know what we, we've got to be really careful because we can take that into something else so I know when I sort of cleaned myself up then I got into fitness but then I started to compare myself to others mm -hmm. through fitness mm -hmm. too yeah. I was faster I was stronger I could do more chin-ups and things like that God, you know, uh, you, you, you go from going. one thing to another yeah. and you just got to be really aware of, uh, of where you're, you're heading, but also come at it from the right place. Yeah. Uh, why are you doing it? Are you trying to impress other people or are you trying to do something which is good for yourself? I believe that we need to, as with the work we do, we need to, you know, keep showing up to support ourselves but actually we're actually like important in this lifetime because we're actually helping others mm. you know and we've got to be a positive influence to others so mm. we've got to you know provide some form of encouragement without ego too much mm. uh and being able to be aware of the ego is uh, is a real challenge um because it's part of our makeup as humans yeah but uh we can go from you know being the drinker that gives up and then being evangelistic to um <laughs> To being the uh, the fit person that's you know got fitter and then comparing self to fat people and that sort of thing you know or people that aren't as motivated so so yeah it's a real a real uh, important one and um, yeah you know it's probably a big takeaway from this chat that we actually um, start to explore that more and more and then you know talk about it with it amongst ourselves more and more when you do find yourself going down that road mm. as well because it can be easily uh, easily taken you know mm, really true. can really can. I've, I've been uh, trialling a few non-alcoholic beers. Mm, mm. Um, and the other day I went into, um, into a bottle-o when we were picking up some Indian food on the Sunshine Coast and next to it was a bottle-o. And I went in with my wife, Amy, who's also off the alcohol as well. I don't know if she's going to do the full year yet. I'm not sure. sure. But we went in there and I asked the, the, the guy behind the counter, um, do you have any non-alcoholic wine and he kind of just started laughing and and i was like oh is is, is it not a thing I, I know that it is a thing yeah but i didn't realize that i'd get laughed at yeah and then secondly uh he said no we we don't and then and i said oh do you have any non-alcoholic beers then and he wandered over and he had a look in the shelf and he said look we've just got these we, i think they were great northern zeros mm. or something like that <laughs> In the end, we just grabbed a six-pack of those. And, you know, like, I, I took them home and we had one and it tasted just like a beer. It was do, fantastic. Yeah. It do, filled yeah. my whole refreshment yeah. sort of, you know, yeah. void and all that kind of stuff. And, in fact, what I noticed is that I felt a little bit 
tipsy. Mm. It's like a placebo Attention. effect. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was really, really interesting. All of a sudden, I was a little bit livelier. I was kind of, you know, I felt a bit upbeat. I felt a bit kind of, yeah, this is nice, you know. And, and so <laughs> cool. there was some sort of little placebo thing that mm. I noticed there. Mm. And um, I wondered if you guys have explored those beers and what your actual kind of experience has been with them. If you had a favourite or if you think that they're even healthy in the first place. It's a good, good yeah. question. Well, I have when I stopped last year and I had some zeros on hand, like specifically um, because I... Um, was hanging around some drinkers that were pretty, you know, into it. And we were working with machinery and quite busy and dusty and dry. Mm. So, you know, apart from me saying anything, they wouldn't have known. So I, th- I thought that was a fantastic tool, mm. absolutely a fantastic tool to use to minimise or stop, you know. Um, on the healthy part, I don't believe they probably that are that healthy because they're still, you know, this is depending on where you're at and how... Mm. I'm, st- I'm still having one occasionally like but yeah i mean they're full of wheat and i haven't really looked into preservatives and all the things but you know as a substitute i think they're great until you get onto something else and and then which ones yeah me i've just tried whatever's there there's carlton cold they're fine they're great northern's fine there's yeah. some other one of the green versions and then on on the weekend just a um single beer that i bought which was a pale Ale style, I couldn't tell you the name, but it was it was great. Sign, yeah. Just for that exact same thing, just that cracking it, feeling like you're fitting in, and all that. So yeah. Yeah, and and that's uh that brings up just another point like that. You know, it feels like you're fitting in. So it might be a nice means of being able to take that transition because firstly we're talking about the physiological changes in not drinking yeah. and especially if you have a few beers and stuff all of a sudden you're not so you, you know you, you're tuning into oh gee this is this is a bit different i feel a bit out but then from a social context it's kind of mm. like well at the very least at least i can kind of feel like i fit in so that might be a nice segue i'm thinking like mm. and that's what i've felt because i've definitely tried them and yeah. Um, and I think at um, a get-together that you and I actually mm. went to um, at, at Adam and Nina's, yeah. uh, you weren't drinking then, no, were correct. you? that's right. Yep. And, like, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening, like, Leon was, he went right to the end. He yeah. went to stumps just about, yeah. you know. Yeah. We, we had the assistance of alcohol and you had a great night, just like all of us. Definitely, because so. it came down to connection that night with great people. I've found other times when I'm not um, feeling connected or having... A deep conversation or something when you're not on the same level totally different i just want to go to bed <laughs> but because you you do get that buzz from alcohol to keep you awake um but yeah absolutely it's something that is a great tool and i was thinking of the next few months i have a few things on where i've already gone hmm won't be won't be you know won't be a big problem but just i will be around some heavy drinkers and mm. how's that going to go and mm. it'll be fine but it is uh, a different level mm. of frequency that you're on when you're in that space that's for sure keyword frequency absolutely you know you'll notice a frequency within yourself that um that is quite high and a high vibration if you go into it where it's a low vibration you you can smell it a mile away so you've got to try and be able to um yeah keep your vibration high and your frequency high that's what they call it spirits isn't it pretty much yeah yeah yeah, that's right Uh so yeah and you know my observation with the alcohol free beers you are great um 
certainly I'm very aware of what I'm putting in my body mm. and if, I, if they've got chemicals and stuff in yeah. them, I'm really, really conscious of that because your body's still got to deal with that too. Of course. If you can get one that's really clean, uh, you know, great. I think kombucha is a good leveler because it's still like you're having a drink but it's still that's, not. That's what I've been getting into yeah. and you've, got, you've got a um, new product coming Come out. Come on, here's the plug. So, Come hey, on. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Oh, we'll see. Well, we've got a mob down south that are making a kombucha and we're going to call it Outback Kombucha and it's only going to be a small thing to start with but but my vision is just to be able to have this uh you know in mainstream places yeah. where yeah. alcohol is used and people can have a beer mm. you know there's a guy down south um in melbourne he was a very good footballer he didn't get drafted and um he spent 10 years heavily drinking and on drugs and he's come out the other side now now he's going back to football again mm. And now he's, the big thing he's worried about as a 30-year-old is being in an environment yeah, where he's uh, you know, every, going to be judged because he's not drinking. But oh. we're saying, well, you know, try something like this because you actually be able to socialise. And we need to educate the, the people around you that, um, that you know, you're looking after yourself a little bit more proactively. And um, mm. I think if you could actually understand the consequences of alcohol and you know what your gut health actually is doing if you can give yourself your gut something which is you know, positive rather than negative mm-hmm. uh then then that's a good thing you know mm-hmm. so so i just think we've got an opportunity this year to to not only reshape ourselves but reshape the way um you know the perceptions are around this sort of thing yeah. and if we can start to you know promote products like kombucha or non-alcohol beer or whatever is a pathway into another way of um you know operating in society then then great you know the alcohol companies won't like it but stuff them. <laughs> that's it you know? exactly well you know. it gives us an opportunity to look at it as like a personal upgrade in a way yeah it's, it's sort of like a um a new download where you've got a program now that we all have inherently mm. uh however it's not being overrun by this virus you know underneath mm. which mm. we're consuming Yes. Know, unconsciously. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. But yeah, I just think my my purpose in this lifetime is to be able to help myself to reach my full potential, to be able to live functionally right throughout my whole life so I'm not dependent on anybody. Mm. You know, I'm not dependent on alcohol, I'm not dependent on aged care or any of that. Mm. I can actually like function my whole way, dependent on pharmaceuticals, all that. So these are the traps which are being put in front of us. Mm. If we can navigate our way around that, then great. But if I'm able to help influence others as you two are, yeah. um, you know, I think that's that's really um, purposeful. We get to end of our life and we actually feel fulfilled. But I think if we keep having these little roadblocks that get in the road all the time, which we can actually avoid, mm. uh, I think um, you know we're going to live more healthier, happier lives at the end of the day. You do end up with more time as well, because obviously when you use alcohol even though it's a nice social thing and calms you down or whatever those things. But if you're not doing that, you can go and chill by the beach or relax or mm. meditate or just hang out with someone socially, mm. whatever you want to do. So it actually gives you more time as well as the financial piece. Yeah. Mm. So so we're, we need to wind it up here, but like what is one or two things that you want to try and achieve personally this year mm. other than this drinking thing? Like what's something you want to do from a growth perspective which can change you between now and next January? Yeah, for me personally, it's definitely um, to be the healthiest version that I've ever been. Not just this year, not just in the last few years, but because of the injuries that I've spoken about and um, I've got to clean up the food, that's on the list and I'm not sure on that exactly how it looks, but just to be really 
vitally healthy and wake up re really feeling fresh um, and as you say not needing any substances or prescriptions or anything I've never really been into those things but I still have a bit of gut issues that I've got to work out whether I can figure it out naturally um, and and also just to be able to inspire people that it's able to be done especially showing my daughters that so that's that's what it is for me. Mm, yeah I, I I really I mirror a lot of that in that this year for me was about intentionally honoring my body a lot more mm -hmm. because I have been spending a lot of time doing the inner work yeah. and hence when you are heavily weighted into one aspect of say the mind body and soul and you're really honing in on one area then generally we we neglect a different area of ourselves and I know that for me, although I might look fit and healthy, I know that I've, I've got a long way to go. So I do need to do a lot more work in that space. But what came to me when you asked that question predominantly was I really want to deepen my relationship with people and especially my wife without any alcohol. And I want to see the evidence of that happening. So for me, I want to have a more rich um, interaction connectivity with people around me in my sphere without any alcohol around so that's really my primary focus i think mm, terrific. and how about you awesome. aaron yeah interesting um yeah mate uh i'm gonna do my kundalini yoga level two this year oh, amazing. so that's that's a really uh um mm. intense yeah. training 500 hours uh no this will well it's pretty much a full year yeah. of, of study but it's yeah. it's very um very much uh focused on reaching your potential, uh, you know, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, uh, and then going to a level three after that, which, you know, there's not many level threes in the world. Wow. Um, to be able to, you know, go to that um, level, which I, I know, see, this has been a, a funny thing for me too. I learned these practices years ago, and I've been sort of like, you know, avoiding them too, mm. but I know how wonderful and how powerful they are mm. and this is a year for me to be able to say right I, I've, I've looked at looked at what this actually did for me I know how positive it actually is and the benefits that it has for me and everyone else around me so I'm going to explore moving my awareness you know further further um, uh, down the track with this so that's one thing I think this year I'm probably ready to get back into a relationship so I think that will evolve. Um, you know, someone will come along that uh, is the right person. And for me, I'm more prepared now uh, with regards to getting into a relationship than what I was previously. So, so to be able to, you know, have um, myself functioning really well, which is without alcohol, the person that comes in my life will probably not drink alcohol as well. I was just well. about to say, you'll probably attract that. Yeah, good. yeah. So yeah. I think it's a positive thing, yeah. you know, so... So yeah, so I'll just leave that open and see what the universe provides in that space. But yes. uh, but I know yeah, if I'm, if I'm not really you know fully happy and engaged within myself, then then those outcomes won't um, won't present. But if I am really deeply uh, connected with with myself and and uh, really enjoying my life, then, then those sorts of things will evolve. So if it if it happens, great. Uh, but I think that's that's something that this year that mm. might um, uh, progress. But I think my self-development and self-growth is really important because the last three years I haven't been able to do any of that you know I've been sort of a, away from 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 you know personal development personal growth for you to travel and all those sorts of things but this year I'll actually start to invest more time into it and um, 
Yeah, and it's really important for me, and I believe important for humans to be able to have continual, um, continual growth throughout our lives. You know, otherwise we do get stagnant, and that's mm. when we go back to old habits mm. and uh, old behaviours. You know, mm. because we, uh, where we're not growing as people and, and as humans, and I think that's what we really need to continually do. You know, and not feel uh, guilty uh, of doing that. I think uh, as men, primarily, we're actually like. We we're made to sort of feel guilty if we did something good for ourselves, mm. you know. And um, I think it's really important that we continually do that and encourage each other to do it as well. Mm, sure. Yeah. So, guys, thank you very much. Um, if anyone wants to get hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Either of you, Leon? Yeah, so I've got a website, leonchristensen.com.au. It's getting a bit of an upgrade, but probably the easiest is most of my stuff's on social media on facebook or instagram under mind renovate so the reno word with v8 on the end because i used to love v8s but now they're too dear to run yeah proper bogan absolutely but yeah we're pretty um, active on facebook especially a little bit on instagram and you know run some men's retreats as well as workshops and yeah one-on-one stuff and things like that but you'll find us on there anyway cool yeah and and for me you can check out michaelandamy.com.au so i work with my wife amy that's um amy and we work as couples connection coaches as well as one-on-one coaching as well but um yeah we're also on on socials you know instagram facebook all the things i (laughs) guess so just look up michael and amy that's probably the easiest way um, but yeah, it's certainly been a really, uh, a really good conversation today. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Absolutely, Same. mate. Agree. And I'm sure we're going to have more. I appreciate people's feedback on this and uh, we'll probably get together more and do more of these sorts of things on a particular topic and uh, you know, maybe bring some people in uh, to discuss their lives too. So Look forward to it. That'd thanks, be good. guys. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Leon. Right.